All right. Well, happy Memorial Day weekend, everyone. I'm excited to see so many new faces here at St. Mark Church. What we do after we celebrate the Divine Liturgy, we have something called the Eight, which is a place to renew and reset life, because the number eight is symbolic of new beginnings. As one example, there are seven days in a week, and then the eighth day is beginning of a fresh new start of a week. So we're excited that you are here, as we are in part two of a series called I Witness. This is our summer series here at St. Mark Church at the A called Eyewitness. Growing up, a lot of Sunday school classes, a lot of Sunday school lessons began with, because of their faith, they were able to move the mountain. Because of their faith, they, they endured this, the, the persecution in order to preserve our faith. And I remember as a kid, hearing all these stories that began because of their faith, because of their faith, because of their faith, and I'll be like, man, like, there's something different about them than me. Like, they have this, like, tremendous faith. And maybe we won't admit, and maybe you and I have seen people that have this unbelievable faith in a higher being. And maybe we tell ourselves, man, I wish I had that. Like, I wish I had that. Or maybe it's hard for us to grasp, like, why are they like that? And I don't have that inside of me. We won't admit it. We would all like to have that. Let's face it, wouldn't we rather have that strong of a faith than instead of like, living in the stress and anxiety and worry of what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, what's going to happen to our kids, what's going to happen to work? Wouldn't we rather have that, that strong faith, even though we don't understand how they had it? And maybe we, we kind of judge them by it. But maybe we would say, man, I would love to have that instead of what I have now, which is I'm just losing sleep of this burden and weight of anxiety of what's happening in my life or what will happen in my life. If you asked the early followers of Jesus, who were curious about this rabbi guy named Jesus, if you asked, actually, if you asked this man right here, son of a fisherman, if you asked him, do you have faith in Jesus? He would say, it's not by my faith that why I follow Jesus. It's because of what I saw. It's because of what I heard. This is why I ended up changing my life and following this man named Jesus for the rest of my life. It's not my faith. It was because of what I saw and it's because of what I heard. And because of that, he ended up recording so many manuscripts, including a gospel and including other letters to early Christians. Him recording what he saw and what he heard. If he asked him, should we follow Jesus by faith? He says, I didn't follow by faith. I was questioning him, but because of what I saw and because of what I heard, this is what rocked my world. John put it this way. That which was from the beginning, like he's talking about his experience with Jesus, that which was from the beginning, which I, I, we have heard it, we have heard from Jesus, we have seen with our own two eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have actually touched him. Like, I, I, I've heard it, I've seen it, I've touched it. This, this which I have heard, seen, and touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. This man that I saw, that I have heard, that I have touched myself. This is the fullness of life himself. I thought it was just a really inspirational good guy. But he ended up being the word of life himself. The life appeared, Jesus, he appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you, the eternal life. 
which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have already seen and heard. We, I'm, only proclaiming, I'm only writing down what I have recorded and saw myself, what I have seen and heard, so that you may also have this intimate bond and fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Like St. Paul's not, I mean, St. John is not just writing stuff just to say, oh, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of great stuff that Jesus did. He's writing this in order for us to put our trust in him. It's like, I'm not, wanting you, I'm not writing this stuff just so I can say this, oh, it's a, it's a nice story of Jesus of Nazareth. He's like, I'm writing this in order for us to have a timeless bond and intimate friendship with each other, with us, with our Heavenly Father. This is why I'm writing. I'm not writing just to write a nice story. I'm writing in order for you to put your trust in him. I'm writing in order for your life to be rocked just as my life was rocked. In his gospel, we have four gospels of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. At the end of St. John's gospel, when he's recorded so many intimate conversations and conflicts and events that occurred in Jesus' life, as he's recording all of this, as he's recording all of this at the end of his life, he writes this as his last passage in his manuscript of his record of Jesus' life. Jesus performed, my friend that I followed for three years, my friend performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even recorded in this manuscript I'm writing to you. But these, what, which I have written to you before in the earlier sec sections of this book that I'm writing, but these are written that you may believe Believe but from what I have seen and heard. That Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one to heal us, to redeem us. He is actually God with skin on him. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. St. John records his manuscript of, of the gospel into seven sections, basically, of seven major signs that he experienced Jesus do as a first eyewitness. Last week, we looked at one where Jesus was invited to a wedding in, in a city called Cana of Galilee. And as he was there, they ran, out of, uh, they ran out of wine, and his mom was telling him, hey, you know, Jesus, can you do something about this? And Jesus says, hey, I'm not here to, to, to save wine. I'm, here to, I'm not here to save weddings. I'm here to save the world. But he ends up doing it. Ends up saving. Actually, when I went to Israel a couple years ago, we went to uh, the, the actual historical site of where this wedding reception was. And this is my father-in-law, Father Leah, there, uh, pretty tired from the trip, uh, sitting down in front of the, the the historical site of where this wedding reception was in Cana of Galilee. So today's second sign that's recorded in St. John's Gospel, like the, the heading in many Bibles says, the healing of the nobleman's son. The healing of the nobleman, nobleman's son. Now, while he was in Jerusalem, this is Jesus. Now, while, he, while Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. Once more, he visited Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. Again, so think of the audience. John is recording this like in, in chronological order of what he experienced with Jesus. So the people that already read the first section already know what happened in Cana of Galilee. So John is continuing to record. Once more, he visited Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. 
When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And Jesus said, you people, like, let's pause right there. Now, this is a nobleman. This is a, this is a high class of leader of the area. So he's not coming by himself. And he's coming from one region, and he's coming to pursue Jesus. You know, historians say this is an eight-hour walk. But he's a rich guy, so he probably had a, 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 a horse with him, and he had his entourage with him. So it probably took him three hours. And he is now leaving his son that is dying. And he doesn't know if he'll ever see his son again. And he comes to Jesus with his entourage, and he's coming to Jesus. This is a big politician. This is a guy that's up there. And he's coming to this very popular rabbi named Jesus. And Jesus sees him coming. And, he, and, he, and Jesus hears the man say that he wants his son healed. And Jesus talks to the whole group. He says, unless you people, all you people that are coming to me, unless you see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. There was an early Christian, my name was St. John Chrysostom, and he found it very fascinating that this high-class prestigious guy, who everyone is under him, he has now come to Jesus saying, sir, Jesus is a nobody to him. But now he's saying, sir, come down before my child dies. And St. John writes this very fascinating meditation as he read this in the year 350, as he read the manuscript written by St. John. And he says, isn't it fascinating that when we are in need of something, our career, our title, whatever letters come after our last name, none of that matters. When someone in our family is sick, none of that stuff matters. That we're willing to do whatever it takes to find healing. He didn't care. He didn't care about his status. Everyone was under him. But now he's coming to this rabbi and saying, sir, I need you to come and heal my son. St. John Chrysostom, who was a bishop, also in the, in the year around, around the year 350, he noticed that right when he read that, man, this guy, like, but he doesn't care about his status. When he's in need of something, he's in need for healing, he didn't care. He also found it extremely fascinating that the first sign that he read in the Gospel of John, that Jesus was already at the wedding. And now for the second sign, Jesus is, in, is, 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 is putting himself into this situation. Like he was already at the wedding of Canada Galilee, and now someone is bringing a situation to him. The first event was a joyful celebration. This second event was not so joyful. But Jesus is there through the good times and through the bad. And this is the meditation that really resonated with St. John Chrysostom as he read this in the year 350. We continue. Jesus tells him to this nobleman, go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Actually, the Greek of, of Jesus saying go, and we'll just get out of here. If you take the context of, the, of what it actually means in Greek, it says continue as you were. Like go on with your business. Everything is back to normal. Continue as you were. Go on. Your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. What this nobleman did in this one day is our life, is, is our life captured in this one event. Our whole entire life is captured in this one event. This man put his trust 
in Jesus' word, and he left. He didn't understand everything. But he took Jesus' word and went back to where he was. For a lot of us. Yeah, maybe we're not first eyewitnesses of what occurred in Nazareth by Jesus. But we put our trust in his word, recording his word. For many of us, maybe our trust begins by doing exactly what this one woman did. You know what? I don't know a lot of things. You said I need to go. Okay. I know that you're someone legit. And I'm a big guy myself, but you know what? I'm going to take your word, Jesus. You told me to go back to town and go see my son. I don't know if I'm going to come back to see a dead son or not, but I'm going to take your word. And for a lot of us, what occurred here is our entire life put into a single event. For us to put our trust, not just blind faith. Yeah, you know what? I should believe in this God guy. You know, it's, it's a family thing. And, you know, maybe I should do that. But maybe my trust should be first eyewitness. Not just him. Not just him. The tons of other eyewitnesses who their lives were rocked from their experience. Another stubborn guy, hotshot guy, that came to Jesus. Goes by the name of Nathaniel. What good comes out of it? Nothing comes good out of Nazareth. But his life was changed. Our faith is not just by blind, by blindness. Our faith is by putting our trust in these first eyewitnesses that recorded their own hesitation, that recorded their own fear, that recorded their own questions. Who, who would record a, a story that would go on for generations of how they didn't believe when Jesus was dead on the cross and they all ran away like scared guys? Who would write that in their own story? Unless they're showing vulnerability and they're showing authenticity. But listen, this is tough for, for us to grasp. But we ended up following this man who changed our world. And this is where we found the fullness of life. While he was still on the way, the nobleman, going back to his, to his home, his servants met him, like coming from his house, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday, actually he got better yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this actually was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. St. John finishes this segment of his manuscript. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Because of this nobleman's trust, because of this nobleman's trust, not only his life changed, that he understood, you know what? There's somebody above my intellect. Let me just give a shot to this guy. Let's see if he is above my capacity that I'm able to fit in here. As a nobleman, I'm a hot shot. But you know what? Let me give this Jesus guy a shot. And because of that, if, if, you're, if you're a wealthy, wealthy, rich guy, and you're coming to Jesus, and you got your posse here, he, he could easily take Jesus and, and kidnap him and take him back. But no. He said, you know what? You said... For me to continue to go back home, I'm going to take your word. And because of that, this is what changed his life. Because he put his trust in the rumors and the, and, and the stuff he was hearing around town about who this Jesus guy is. He heard, you know, something happened at the, at the wedding reception in Cana where Jesus took water and made it to wine. He put his trust in all these rumors that he heard. 
And he came to this Jesus guy, and he put his trust ultimately in Jesus saying, go back, everything is fine. And because of that, because he put his trust in these rumors, in these stories about Jesus, this is what made him believe, and not just him believe, his entire household. Because he said, you know what, there's someone above my intellect. And because of that, I'm going to put my trust in him. Walking by faith, which many of us have heard growing up, you know, we should walk by faith, not by sight. Walking by faith is putting our trust into the testimonies of others. Walking by faith is putting our trust into the testimonies of others. And the thousands of other early Christians within the first 50 years who their lives were rocked because of them being first eyewitnesses of seeing God with skin on him and how they found the fullness of life. Walking by faith is putting our trust in their testimonies. And forget about them, about the millions of others throughout the centuries who put their trust in Jesus as well and their life. They were able to find the fullness of life and find the deepest sense of living because of that. Walking by faith is putting our trust into the testimonies of others. Walking by faith is knowing that I am made whole. Walking by faith is know that by design, I was made to be whole. By design, I am loved more than I'll ever know. And there's something inside of me seeking more. Walking by faith is me being hungry for that. God was never playing games. Jesus says, I'm here to make you free. Like, if you pursue the truth, the truth will set you free. If you are hungry for more, and for sure, I'm assuming everyone here is so hungry for more, you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. Hungry for more, if I just continue to pursue that, then I'll come and resonate and connect with these hesitant, fearful men that were questioning who Jesus was. But when they put their trust in him, this is when their life was never the same. And they were to find that peace which is above understanding. They were able to find that because they realized, you know what, there's someone above me that can work outside of time, that can work outside of space. This, this, this nobleman, somehow he put some trust into Jesus saying, you know what, if this Jesus guy is legit, I don't need to actually take him all the way back to my house for him to heal my son. Because I know if, if he really is Yahweh, if he really is this God guy, he's able to work outside of time. And because he put his trust and he put his back on Jesus and walked back home, this is where healing and this is where wholeness came. Walking by faith is treating others the way God treats me. Walking by faith is treating others the way God treats me. Something we'll talk about later in the series is this, as a passage that I fell in love with, over the, especially this Holy Week. An intimate, very intimate conversation that, that St. John records that occurred on Thursday night before Jesus was crucified. Where Jesus, this is his last field. Like the three years have come to a close, and this is the last time for him to gather with his boys and for him to give it to them. He says, listen, things are about to go down tomorrow, but I want you to understand this simple commandment. Most of you guys are Jewish men. You know all the commandments, but listen to what I'm about to say. This new commandment I give you, that I want you to love one another. If, if you want me to abide in you, if you want me to abide in you, it requires you to push love to, yes, even that annoying person. This is what's required of us. If you want to see your Heavenly Father working in your lives, it requires me to push love to others, even though it might be uncomfortable.
Jesus told this to some early followers. Because you have seen me, like he's telling, he's, he's, he's telling the people that have seen many miracles happen around Jesus, and they're always walking with Jesus everywhere and seeing all these cool things. They're the most popular people. They're always getting free lunch. Like they're living the high life. And Jesus tells them, because you have seen me and you have seen me do the thing with the dirt and give him an eyeball, you see me like raise a blaster. You saw me do all that stuff. Because you have seen me, you have believed. But happy are those who have not seen and yet put their trust in me because of what you record. He's telling his disciples, but blessed are those who will come after you. Maybe they're not going to see what you have seen these past three years. But happy or blessed are more are those the people that will come after you, who will put their trust on what you will eventually record from our time together. St. John didn't just record stuff just to write a nice story, but all of it to point to something more. St. John says this at the end of his record of Jesus' life. All these signs that I have written to you, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is not just a great guy, that Jesus is our healer, our Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you can just say on social media that I believe. No, but by believing, you may have life in his name. Don't think this man right here, don't think this man right here was just walking around with a halo around his head. He's a fisherman. He's a son of a fisherman. But because of his curiosity of wanting to seek the truth, and because of all the crazy things that he saw throughout his life, he simplified his message with Jesus that I am on a mission to love one another, even to the point where it hurts. Because when I do that, this is where I find life. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, our pursuit of you is not just by blindness, and not just by saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go to church and do this whole church thing, but our trust and our pursuit and our hunger for you is based on the records and eyewitnesses that their lives have changed because you came to bring fullness and wholeness to them. And there's something inside of all of us that's looking for the same. There's something inside of all of us that's seeking more. And as much as we try to fill that with, with different things, and there's always an, uh, an emptiness inside of us. But help us to, to put our trust in your word just as this nobleman did. And he took his brokenness, and he put his trust in you, and from that day, his life was never the same. Lord, give us the same zeal and courage and hunger for wanting to seek more, just as he did. Through the prayers of St. John and all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
through Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.